You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolize Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as this team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to another edition of I'll Hang Up and Listen. I am Dwayne from Two Goalies One Mike, joined by producer Steve from Two Goalies One Mike after a thrilling 5-2 victory of the Buffalo Sabres over the New Jersey Devils. And I think the biggest storyline, there were a lot of great storylines, biggest storyline is, of course, first overall pick, Owen Power, scoring his first ever NHL goal after an unbelievable second effort from Jeff Skinner, best smile in the league. Steve, give me a breakdown, man. How are you feeling after, again, another very impressive win from Buffalo? We're just getting really into the final stretch of games here, and I don't want the season to end. Uh, This one, for me personally, is exceptionally sweet because both of my brothers who follow hockey have been diehard Devils fans their entire lives. Like uh, my older brother particularly, like, you know, We're only two years apart, so, like, we were both coming up at the era when, like, the New Jersey Devils were starting their early 2000s dynasty. You know, Marty Brodeur is one of his fucking idols. Uh, My little brother's basically the same. Um, I remember a conversation with my little brother, like, just last week, and he's like, I know you don't drink and smoke, and I know, like, you don't eat meat or anything. So, like, what is it that helps you, like, convince yourself that, like, the Sabres are good? And I'm just like, I don't know, man. They, they they just are like the people you want to see be good or good. Like there are a lot of people who aren't good. Obviously, that's why they're a middling team this year. But like the kids that want to be that should be good are good. Um, and you know, I know that this is a this is a useless Devils team. I know that his absence is very obviously felt in the forward squad. Uh, but this is also a Devils team that just just drove a knife into the heart of the Vegas Golden Knights and just made it that much harder for them to try to secure a playoff spot. And, you know, Andrew Hammond stood on his head Monday night, and I'm guessing the blood didn't run back to the rest of his limbs because he let in a couple straight-up muffins tonight. Uh, So to watch that happen after such a valiant effort Monday night against a, a team that most considered to be truly elite is just beautiful i i I had to send a couple of the choice uh memes after that game was over to my brothers the uh your team just got meatballed tuck these nuts in your mouth uh (laughs) a couple of the other ones uh tage thompson owns your poverty franchise oh you know just kind of had to uh my my older brother actually had a great chirp after that he's like well jokes on you you just made our draft prospects better this year's and yours worse and i'm like that's fine. Thanks to you guys, Monday night, you made Vegas's pick even worse, and we have that one in the first two. Yeah, right. <laughs> that I might mean, be 15 now. I'm really kind of just done um, rooting 
for better graphics. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm not, I, I'm so far gone from that. And I've said it a bunch of times. Like, I don't care about, uh, I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to say I don't care about winning the Shane Wright lottery or the Luke, uh, the Cooley lottery. It's for me, it's about building the winning culture. Now going into next season, it's about, you know, building this team as a family and getting a better grasp on where we're heading going into the 2022, 2023 season. And, you know, you watch, you watch this team play night in and night out. They don't give up on themselves. They don't give up on each other. Like it just, it just, I mean, they have their moments, you know, as, uh, you know, Matt here in the comments mentioned uh, before, uh, you know, I started talking is they do look shaky from time to time, but, you know, they get themselves out of those holes. They get themselves out of those ruts and they close out games. And it's so nice to see the guys that you want to be scoring, scoring your Jeff Skinner's, your Tage Thompson, your Olofsson's finally. Um, and your Alex Tuck. And then of course, Owen Power getting on the board uh, for the first time in his uh, NHL and Sabres career was really just beautiful off a very, you know, a great play from Jeff Skinner. You saw Power take take the pass, shift his shift his weight with his hips, and bury that puck along the ice. It's just a beautiful goal, a goal scorer's goal. And uh, you know, even after that, you notice Owen Power always joining the rush, getting it in the play offensively. He's not afraid. He's not timid. Like you, you, you. It's a good thing to see uh, after that mistake he made uh, against, I believe it was um, who was it when they got shelled. Um, Tarasenko. Yeah, Tarasenko. They got shelled by Tarasenko. And, uh, you know, he, you know, he didn't lose any confidence or swagger from that. He just keeps going out there and playing his game. And that's huge for a kid his age. He's only 19 years old. And for him to not, you know, for, for A, for Granado to tell him, like, hey, kid, don't worry about it. Just keep going and playing your game. And then for him to keep going to play his game and not feel timid or, you know, hesitant, that says a lot about the character of this hockey player. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, obviously his skill set and his size are just those rare things to come by on its own. But just to have that kind of poise and confidence in who you are as a player, just uh, at that young of an age, like you can't teach that. Like you can't teach that kind of like mental strength, that kind of discipline, that resilience. You can't teach that. Like that's just something that's just innate to own power. And I think yeah. having that kind of mentality, especially on your young blue line, is like, I'm, I'm not saying that that's, you know, I mean, he's 18 years old. He's not, you know, I'm not sure he's going to be a leading voice in the locker room this for the next four nights. But, you know, God, it's just so nice to have something like that. Just, you know, these cut these they let in a goal or two here or there. They're not hanging their heads in shame. They're not breaking their sticks against the goal posts. They're not just, you know, burying their heads into their mitts on the fucking bench like. They're just fighting, you know, not obviously not every night it's going to go their night like that night against the Blues. That was a 6-2 loss. But I mean, in that 6-2 loss, they kept fighting. They kept pushing hard. And like, you know, we all kind of left that going like, yeah, you lost. But like, you didn't just, you did, you showed up, you played, you, they just played better. They just had yeah. they just made more of their opportunities. Yeah, I know. Like, it's, it's like, again, I say this time and time, it's such a breath of fresh air to see just this team continuously generate chances to see them continuously push the puck forward offensively, not play on their heels. And this team just going to keep getting better. Right. I mean, there, you have Jack Quinn and uh, 
Jack Quinn, and JJ Paterica on the way. Absolutely. You have, um, you know, free agency, uh, the trade market to come in the off season. And of course, three first round picks in the, uh, in the first three, first three picks in the first round, this upcoming draft plus I think two or three in the second, like the Sabres have so much to work with. And, you know, we just talked about this on this last episode of uh, two goalies, one Mike uh, with Kyle quick and Cully. I said, you know, this is going to be an exciting off season for this hockey team. Um, you're going to, uh, you're going to see, um, I really don't think you're going to see us use all three of those picks. I think you're going to see some wheeling and dealing done by Kevin Adams come draft day, whether it's seeing players like maybe Casey Middlestat leave the fold. Cause I mean, I'm still, I still tr- struggle to find his spot in this lineup next year. Maybe even, I know like he's played very well, you know, as of late and, you know, he's turned into a 20 goal score, but maybe he is Victor Olsen when, you know, because again, you're going to struggle to find spots on this team for all your Paterka and your Quinn and not to mention to find other ways to improve this team. Am I advocating to trade Olsen? No. Cause I, you know, if I get this guy more often and more consistently and he continuously shows up and plays, but I also need more from him. I need a better 200 foot game. I need him to score a few more Jeff Skinner goals. Like he, he can't just be a perimeter shooter. I, I know everybody needs a guy like that, but you other than other than scoring from that spot, like you need to produce more in other areas of the ice. So I hope we see more from that from Victor Olofsson because that makes it easier for me to want to keep him around. Um, we have a bunch of comments in here, of course. The Dominator Thirty and I love that love that handle. Do you feel the power? Um, we still win in the lottery, but I really don't. It's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I just like we were talking about Richard Isaacs. Did anyone see Lindy at the end of the? Oh, we saw Lindy at the end of the second. <laughs> looked familiar. <laughs> looked very familiar. Lindy looked like he wanted Andrew Hammond's. As I tweeted out uh, during the game, looks like he wanted Andrew Hammond's hat on a pike. Like he, like he wanted it. Like that looks like a guy who might have just lost his job because of a, a, a borderline backup goalie in the NHL. Like, yeah, that looked like uh, Lindy Ruff just watched Tyler Myers do something yeah. very stupid, and he just he yeah. knows that he knows the cameras on him, so he can't just say the f word. Oh yeah, so he's just gonna grimace. I mean, that never really stopped Lindy before in the past, though. Yeah, but that the Lindy Ruff death stare, it it's one of the best death stares in all of hockey. Like oh for sure. Oh my god, I love um, it. Another, another comment from Richard Isaac. The real question is with all the new players coming in next year, how do the Sabres keep the momentum into next year? Um, you just honestly, you let this team continuously grow on and off the ice together as a family and you just add in pieces here and, you know, fill in holes. Um, but they just can't be an overpaid free agent or, you know, a, a free agent you're overpaying uh, because, you know, he's in a contract year. He had a great year, made it strong together a couple of years. They have to be the right fit for this team. I've been very vocal about a guy like JT Miller out of Vancouver. I think he's very, a very, very, very valuable player in this league. Very underappreciated. He's trending towards a hundred points this season. And not to mention just like, you know, he's had success really everywhere he's played, you know, from Tampa to, to Vancouver. Like I think he would fit in very well on this team. I look at a guy like Keegan Colasire, uh, you know, to not talk about defensemen, just look at the forward group. A guy like Keegan Colasire, you know, you've mentioned that to me too, Steve. Uh, out of Vegas, I think he'd be a perfect fit in the bottom six of this hockey team, and he's cheap. Uh, maybe even uh, Nicholas Roy from Vegas. That's a team that you think you should be taking advantage of uh, come come the offseason, who desperately needs to find ways to get under the cap, un, un, under the uh, 
the cap. It's just, you know, there's there's many ways you can make this team better, uh, both offensively and defensively. And you know, guys like Josh Manson, uh, just just name one defenseman. Um, you know, there are other names out there too. A big name like Chris Letang is going to be out there. I don't think he's going to go back to Pittsburgh. I don't think they can afford to keep a guy him around for any longer. We'll see. I'm not saying he come to Buffalo. There's a lot of good right-handed defensemen that are going to be available uh, come come free agency. Um, and uh, it's an exciting time to be a Sabres fan. Yeah. I mean, uh, I obviously think the blue that right side of the blue line and a stop da- stop gap goaltender. Those yep. are the those are the two biggest priorities to make. And I mean. If trading a guy like Victor Olsen or Casey Middlestad, along with uh, some picks here and there, is what's going to get you uh, is what's going to get you some security on that right hand side, then I honestly, you know, you know, as much as it hurts, I mean, we we've got we've got offensive depth coming up the coming up the pipeline, um, and there's only a finite number of spots. Uh, that still doesn't even beg the question: uh, Does a guy like Rasmus Asplund get another deal? Uh, because I mean, ultimately. I feel like him and Zemius Gergensen have an incredibly similar skill set. And next year, Zemius Gergensen's last year on payroll. Uh, it's it's tough to say if one or both of them would get another deal, but you need that kind of shutdown guy in your bottom six. Uh, so I could I, I could potentially see them trying to make another deal to keep Rasmus and Rasmus Asplund around to uh, I guess uh, essentially like take on the helm of mm-hmm. Zemgis Gergensen's when his contract's up. And maybe uh, at that point, I believe he'll be just shot. Yeah. At that point he will be just shy of, if not 30. Yep. Uh, and uh, you know, maybe, maybe he'll want to, maybe he'll want to move on. Maybe he'll want to stick around. I'm not quite sure. Uh, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of question marks hanging over this team in the off season. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how Kevin Adams and the, uh, and the organization play it out. But yeah, I mean, as much as I would hate to see them go, I mean, and I know you were talking about you want to see more out of Victor Olofsson's game offensively and like 200 feet, but tonight he had three assists. He didn't even he didn't even light the lamp himself. He, yeah. he was just contributing uh, primary, primary, and I believe the fifth goal, secondary, but still, yeah, two primary assists. Uh, so, I mean, he's making his contributions now, and, and I mean, he's still not a – truly sound defensive player, but he's gotten mm. so much better than he I, was. I think, I think the one thing when you talk about Victor Olf's next season too is, is what is there that he can do that Jack Quinn can't do? I think that's the ultimate question because Jack Quinn plays on that same side, plays yeah. very well on that same side. Uh, maybe he doesn't have the same dangerous shot as Victor Olofsson, but he still has a pretty unbelievable shot. Plus he he's a better skater and he just plays a better all-around game. You know, I, and he's just really – Trying starting to scratch the surface of you know his game professionally, uh, so I, I look at him and I see a guy that can do exactly what Victor Olson does from that exact same spot. But that doesn't mean you still can't hold on to those two guys. It's just when you're trying to build a roster and improve this team for next year and make moves that will make your team better. Who who kind of suffers, uh, you know, for the sake of that? And you know, his one of the names. He is one of the guys that might you know, might suffer because he doesn't play a physical style. He doesn't engage in physical battles. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't win a lot of, uh, of puck battles along the boards. That's not his style. So, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe it's not really, maybe it's Casey Milstad. It's Rasmus Asplin. It's uh, a handful of other guys, Vinny Henestrosa. We'll see. I don't know, but uh, I do expect Kevin Adams to have a very, very busy off season. 
yeah, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I mean, I, I'm definitely just curious to see what happens with the uh, with the goaltending. I feel like that's just like the biggest question mark. I mean, especially you know with uh, Levi and Portillo going back to college, so neither one of them is going to be in the AHL. Yeah, trying to get their feet wet in the pros. Um, we still don't know if UPL is going to be the guy that gets called up to come to the NHL. What his physical situation's like, uh, what his mental state's like in that regard. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I mean, between the pipes is definitely the biggest concern for me. But we definitely, I mean, obviously we got to secure that right hand side because we can't just have Rasmus Dahlin playing on his offhand. I think. I think if Rochester gets to the playoffs, and depending on how well UPL plays. That's going to be a big deciding factor of where his career is next year. Is it here in the NHL with Buffalo? Is it somewhere else? Is it still in Rochester? Because I think you need you if if you if you're going to depend on him next year to be either your one A or one B, probably more likely your one B. You need him to show out uh, in a high pressure situation in the AHL playoffs. He's been playing very well as of late. You need that needs to continue. Um, obviously the health thing, uh, health, health issues with his hips, his lower body is also a concern too, but you can't really always look at that in the determining factor of, is this a guy who can, you know, help be a starting goal center for my, for my team in the future. You can't always just look at the injury history. You have to look at the body of work. And right now it's very touch and go, you know, he has his, his streak his, he's very streaky. So, but we'll see. Um, he's been playing very well. I hope he continues this trending in the playoffs because I think these young players, because you would expect Krebs to go back, right? You know, he would he would probably go back to Rochester. I believe um, I believe they made it known that if the playoffs happen, that Krebs and Samuelson will absolutely go. yes, and Casey Fitzgerald, so, of course. Yes, so like those are guys that are going to be getting important playoff games at a, at maybe not the NHL level, but you know at at a, at the professional level. That's going to like be a very important in terms for their development. Even though they're playing very well here up here in the NHL, nothing can really replace playoff hockey. You know, the atmosphere of it, the feeling of it, just, you know, the pressure of it. Like, you know, nothing can replace that. So they're going to get that experience in the AHL if they do make the make the playoffs. It's very important to them. So, you know, with all, the, with all things considered, um, this is a very big stretch of games for UPL and the Rochester Americans. Yeah, yeah. Um... It's kind of like Vegas. Uh, it could just as easily fall apart as it could come together. Um, they really got to win every single one they've got left. And two of their last games, I believe, are against the uh, division-leading Utica Comets. But a lot of the regulation losses that Utica has had this year have been at the hands of Rochester. So it's uh, it's definitely an interesting local rivalry in that regard. So uh, that that's actually, you know, I, w- I wish I wasn't. Co- I almost wish I wasn't going to RJ's last call in person with you next Friday because that final game of the season is going to be. That's going to be intense. Uh, but that. But I don't want to spin anybody out. But UPL has been with the franchise long enough that his ELC is actually up at the end of this, at the end of this season. So he's going to be an RFA this summer. So these next. So this stretch of games is actually not just important for his development, but also important to decide, is he going to get another contract with us or is okay. Have fun. Exactly. 
Yeah, I, I honestly, I honestly thought he had one more year on an ELC, but I was uh, sorry I've, for being mistaken. Thanks to Kevin. I've, I've kept this comment up here because I, I, I like this comment a lot. Another three-game win streak. Everyone is clicking. Congrats to Power on his first NHL goal. This is becoming a brotherhood. I couldn't agree with more, Chris. This has become a brotherhood. We've been preaching this for a while. This team has become a family. Um, man, dude, the, the 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 peanut calorie is bumping tonight, Steve. Lots of lots of lots of people getting uh, chiming in. Right. Uh, a great name who, a great name who I think would be great in Buffalo is uh, Ryan Lomberg. Over here, Ryan Lomberg. I think you fit perfectly in the bottom six. I couldn't agree with you more. There are a lot of names out there that I think that could fit very well in Buffalo. Uh, a lot of glue guys, Ryan Lomberg being one of them. Um, like you're saying, Jack Quinn can't score 20, 25 goals in an Olsen role on a cheaper deal. Absolutely could. I think Jack Quinn next year is a 50 to 50 plus point scorer, 100%. Has over 50 points. I don't see why not. He can't with the like what he's done in the AHL is pretty remarkable considering the injuries, the injuries he's dealt with this year. So for him to get a full offseason, uh a, a training camp here with the Sabres, and you know, hopefully working with a lot of players in the team, I would expect this team to really, you know, stay together for a good portion of the offseason, train together and really get ready for the next year, especially when you guys have guys like Alex Tuck in this locker room, who I think are, are going to stick around here and really try and keep these kids together and keep this team and keep the momentum going even in the off season. Um, yep. Yeah, Chris Derrick, the brotherhood of Buffalo. Love it. Uh, we already saw that one, but yeah, I, uh, I'm extremely excited, Steve, for, uh, you know, what, what's to come with this team for the, for the last stretch of games to go to RJ's final call with you against Chicago, uh, with Pat Kane in the house. Um, you know, and you know, to have this many 20 goal scorers on a Buffalo Sabres hockey team, two of them 30, 30 goal scorers, one of those guys could possibly touch 40. We'll see. Um, I don't know, man. It's just, I don't want this season to end. Yeah. And that's the first, I think that's the first time anyone said that at the late April in about a decade here. Absolutely. Yep, uh, prospector, we need some serious grit next year. Couldn't agree with you more. That's why, you know, both me and Steve, Steve, uh, more so than me to start with, but you know, Keegan Colasar is a guy that I think could provide that. I think that yeah. Vegas is a team that's going to be willing to uh, really part with a lot of pieces to try and get these high end players under their cap. Um, no joking. I yeah. feel, I, you know, listen, I love Robin Leonard. I think he's very outspoken and he uses platform for a lot of good, but that contract and the moves they've made in that is really starting to hurt that team. Yeah. I mean, whoever they get in the bottom six, they got to be a big guy. Uh, I mean, this year our our heavy is John Hayden, and if you've seen the few fights he's been in, it's not really much. It's just a little bit of grappling. One one yeah. light. I won't. And he gets but I won't. I won't take anything away from a guy that wants to drop the gloves and defend his teammates. Like all power, all power to John Hayden. It's there's a lot of anxiety that goes into that role. You know, those guys really. Uh, you know, they they know what their role is and what they're there for. Maybe not so much with John Hayden because I mean he can, like he can he he's not a bad skater like you know what I mean like he can still play to an extent whereas like your previous heavies in the league like they're there for one reason and one reason only like at least maybe like John Hayden could get, you know contribute a or a goal here and there every once in a while. Are you trying to say Patrick Coletta was not a two hundred foot player? Is that <laughs> I, love Pat, to say I, I loved Patty Coletta. I thought that <laughs> that guy. That guy would have put his face in front of a, 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 a Shea Weber slap shot, you know, seven days a week, uh, twice on Sunday. 
if it meant helping his team win. And you and you can't teach that that that's the type of uh, commitment and passion that you just can't teach in this in, in, in any sport. Yeah, Patty uh, Coletta would take a bullet for you, and then he'd yeah. put Lego with a bullet hole. And Cousins can't be our scrapper again. I couldn't couldn't agree with you more. Like, yeah, we, we need those nice hands to see him fight. Nice to see him fight, but you don't want to always see that guy fighting. Absolutely. Uh, Vegas and Toronto are kind of in the same boat. What is next for them if they don't succeed? Yeah, Toronto is a really on a, a, like a bubble team right now. Like they have so much money tied up in those in those like big four players: your Matthews, your Marner, your uh, uh, Tavares, and Nylander. So much money tied up in those four guys. If they can't get past the first round this year, it's going to be full on fire sale. I think you know not, not with the players, but the entire staff is getting fired. The GM is getting fired. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, I was actually yeah. I mean, I was actually listening to Puck Soup where the uh, where the two scenarios that seem most likely is either they get matched up against Tampa Bay and then they can try to, you know, provided they don't get swept, they give it their all and they still get booted out the first round. It's like, well, you just got beat by the back-to-back cup champs. Like that sucks, but also they're the back-to-back cup champs for a reason. But if they match up against Boston again and get beat by Boston again, just based on the history. People are going to riot. It's it's fucking if they find, I don't know if it's possible if they met. Toronto just becomes a hole in the ground where a city used to be. I think it's more poetic, and I don't know if it's possible at this point, but if they can find it, there can be a way where they match up with Carolina in the first round and they lose to Freddie Anderson. Oh, my God. Could you imagine that fan base? Could you imagine just them getting swept by Freddie Anderson? That fan base will lose its fucking mind. Like, like collectively – They'll want to burn the arena to the ground. Holy shit. Could they get Dave Ayers to play the first game? <laughs> It'd be absolutely amazing. And, and it's that franchise. Oh, right it's that. that franchise. Like uh, the, the gift that just keeps on giving of the Carolina uh, Hurricanes when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs. That would be um, That would be legendary. Right. But uh, just real quick, you know, um, I, uh, I, I can't, I, I just, you know, going into RJ, you know, RJ's final call, like there's so much, like there's like so much to, you know, be happy about with this season, but to know that this is going to be his final season, know that this has been his final season, that will be his final call. And then to go from this season to next year where there's so many things. And honestly, I really do think this team is, you know, borderline playoff team next year, depending on how this off season goes to know that RJ is not going to be a part of that. It's very depressing. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely bittersweet. Um, you know, I, I mean, after 51 years, you can't blame anybody for wanting to hang up the hang up the mic cable, hang up the skates. Yeah. You know, man has earned a vacation 5, 10, 20 times over. I, I, I honestly can't blame the guy. Um, I'm just I'm just incredibly grateful that in this final season where he decides that, you know, this will be the last call that the Sabres have turned into something that, you know, can inspire some of those legendary calls. You know, I mean, Alex Tuck finally got his at home. Granted, RJ called him Alec. It's fine. We'll, we'll, Whatever. we'll, we'll fix that in post. We'll, yeah, fix, yeah. we'll fix that for future RJ nights. Uh, yeah. I think it should just be said that April 1st in Buffalo, New York, whether or not the Sabres want to call it RJ night, it's RJ night. No, no pranks, no fucking around. It's just RJ night. Just walk out with a turtleneck and blazer. Be yeah. nice to people. And cheer your buddies on. You know, when they do something cool, way to go! I'm so proud of you! Yeah. 
love the impression uh, from Paramount Pictures. Uh, actually, Freddie Anderson might not be available for the game of playoffs. I wasn't aware of that. Uh, my bad. But still, if he is available at some point in the first round, that would be amazing to to see him be the guy to take out Toronto because that's just poetic to me. <clears throat> Hope majority of the team stays intact. Anderson deserves a little raise. Also, we can't lose Hauser, lose for Hauser, four two as a can't lose Hauser four two as a saber. He's underrated, and the, the team pick with RJ is stellar. So stellar. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind keeping Michael Hauser down in Rochester um, for sure. Um, the legend of of Michael Brickhauser. I don't know about in the NHL, um, yeah. but it's good to it's good to have that in your tool chest. It's good to have that exactly. It's good to have that down in Rochester uh, for sure. It's it's really tough to say because literally every single goaltender we have expires at the end of this year. You know, obviously Craig's at UFA. Tukarski, yeah, he's gonna be forty. He's gonna be going to his going uh, going forty second birthday, yeah. like. I, I don't know if his body could even hold up. I mean, I'm not, I mean, maybe it can. I don't know. If he wants to play, he can play. Um, but if I'm Kevin Adams, I'm looking at the goalie market hard this year to try and find myself a starting goaltender. I'm not saying Craig Anderson can't be a part of the part of the uh, the equation next year, but I really think that you need to find a younger, uh, more versatile goaltender. Uh, you know, to start between the pipes, who will give you a chance to win. You know, and could play 50 plus games for you. Well, yeah. without with no issues at all. Um, again, like nothing against Craig Anderson. I've been very happy with the way Craig Anderson has played. And, you know, depending on where how UPL does, maybe it is him and Craig next year. I don't know. Or maybe it's UPL and, you know, fill in the blank, Corpus Salo. You know, we, we discussed on two goalies. I'm like, maybe it's Mark Andre Fleury. Like, because I don't like one of, one of the things that, in, you know, Kyle Quick brought up. Holy and I, shit. Flower power. Holy fuck. It's right there. Well, what you think about it, man? It's not. It's not going to be just about winning for him. He's going to want to go somewhere where he's going to be able to play. And Buffalo, he will definitely play. And and you know that I think, my opinion, he's a competitor. He wants to play. Um, he's probably not very happy. He's not very happy with the way things ended in Vegas. Went to Chicago. Played in Chicago, but Chicago just wasn't very good. Even though he played well. Um, and then you know what's going on with Minnesota, him and um. Cam Talbot uh, sharing the net. You know, Cam Talbot, I'd imagine, would be the guy starting going into the playoffs. You have yeah. that insurance of Marc-Andre Fleury as your backup. But I think next year, he's, if he does decide to come back, I think he's been pretty vocal that he does, is he's going to want to play. And Buffalo is definitely a location where he would absolutely play. Um, oh, so I would absolutely there, love there, there are some names out there that you could bring in that would be that would hopefully be an upgrade. Um, over what we have now. And again, that is not a knock on Craig Anderson because Craig Anderson, I think, exceeded all of our expectations this year. But at the end of the day, he's going to be 42 years old. And um, I, I just, if I'm going to try and make playoffs next year, I don't want to put all my eggs in the basket of a 42 year old goaltender. He, again, he can be part of the solution, you know, 1A, 1B situation if things with, don't, with UPL don't work out. But I just, I, I don't want to have to rely on that guy to be the guy for 50 plus games next year. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a tall order for anybody, especially when you're in your 40s. But let's let's give a couple clicks to the guys. Let let's pump his tires real quick. He, I believe tonight makes him a uh, goaltender with 308 career wins, tied with Tukarask. Yeah. And worth noting, on the first elevator pitch switch up goal by Kyle Poso, he was credited with the secondary assist. So Craig Anderson has one point <laughs> on the score sheet. 
Uh, 25% of what John Hayden has produced this year, by the way, yeah. just for what it's worth hey, and way less games. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. No, it's funny, Craig, Craig Anderson has exceeded everybody's wildest expectations, especially because when we picked him up, it's like, I thought he retired and he did, but he came, he, he had some unfinished business. He wanted to play some more hockey and I'm glad he did. You know, I've been saying thank you, Craig, many, many, many nights this year. You know, thanks, Craig. Thanks for being there. You know what you're doing, and you do it pretty damn well because you've been doing it pretty much your whole darn life. Listen, if, if, if he decides if he decides to call it a career after this season, first place I'm going is the Sabre store to buy a Craig Anderson jersey on discount because I wouldn't mind having a Craig Anderson jersey because I've always been oh, a yeah. huge – I've Craig Anderson has always been one of my favorite goal, goalies the last 10 years. Guy's got a, an unbelievable story, him and his family, uh, a battler, you know, underdog, but you know, he's just a good, a good guy, a good locker room guy, a leader. And, um, you just love to see a guy like that to come here and succeed when they, in the games he's played. Uh, and again, tonight he played very well. That glove was very active tonight, made a lot of, uh, a lot of big time saves. Uh, the one diving breakaway save, uh, was very Hatchikesque. I loved it. Um, and, uh, again, I, I, I'm not against him being here next year, but, I, you need to find – you can't depend on him to be your 1A. I just – I don't want to be put in that situation because worse – you know, what happens if we get five games into the season and he gets hurt? And then we're looking at, well, now we're going through the carousel of goaltenders again. You know, you don't want to be put in that situation if you're Kevin Ams searching for a goalie halfway into the season because goaltending is costing you games. Like when we didn't have Craig Anderson this season, we went 7-31. and 31. You know, if you're not talking yeah. overtime points – Seven and thirty-one between Dustin Tokarski, Arundel, UPL, um, Malcolm Subban. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's not that's that's terrible. That's terrible. That's not yeah. going to get you to the playoffs. Horrible, that's, horrendous. That, that's that's Carter Hutton level bad. That's yes. not good. But you know, just just to just to harp on it again, real quick. I I think it makes even more and more sense the idea of Mark Andre Fleury potentially being a candidate that could come to Buffalo. And I, and I say this because we do have something that the Minnesota wild might actually want. And that is a first round defensive prospect. And I say this because their youngest defenseman right now is 26. And one of their oldest guys is 30, like Jared Spurgeon, 32, Jonas Brodeen, 28, uh, Golagoski, 36, uh, Kulikov, 31, Jordy Ben, 34, so if we can throw Ryan Johnson into some sort of package in exchange for Mark Andre Fleury, because at this point we have Darlene Power and Samuelson securing. Well, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with Ryan Johnson. I, I think is yeah. he in his final year. He's. In his uh, final. I, I believe next year would be his final year. But I mean, if we trade him and let them have the rights to yep. sign him, yep. uh, yeah, you know. So. Yeah, but uh, I, I I think that's like number one thing you need to address this offseason. Is finding who your who your tandem is going to be in that again, whether that's UPL and Craig Anderson, Craig Anderson, Mark Andre Fleury, Craig Anderson, and whoever UPL and whoever that has to be addressed right away. And again, I've loved everything Craig Anderson has done, but at that age, you know, I just don't want to put this team and this group in that situation where you got to hope that you know age is just a number with him and that he can play fifty plus games without getting hurt because it, he couldn't do it this year again to no fault of his own, 
But I just don't want to put that guy in that situation with this young team, you know, thriving and trending in the right direction uh, going into the next season. So uh, Sabre, you know, scoring tonight, uh, obviously Victor Olsen, as you stated earlier with three apples, uh, Darlene with a goal and assist, absolute bust, right? Jeff Skinner, goal and assist, Tage Thompson with two assists, um, Craig Anderson with an assist, Akposa with an absolute laser uh, from uh, just between the, the center ice line and blue line for a, for a, for a goal. Owen Powell's career first career NHL goal, Alex Tuck with a goal, and then obviously Craig Anderson with 29 saves on 31 shots against with a 935 save percentage. Absolutely awesome night uh, for the Buffalo Sabres. So many different point scorers tonight. And then the Devils, <coughs> excuse me, scoring night. Uh, Boquist with a goal. Dougie Hamilton with an assist. Kukinen with an assist. McLeod with an assist. And I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. Oh, oh, yuck. I'm sorry. With a goal. And uh, Pavel Zaka with an assist. And then, of course, the Hamburglar, Andrew Hammond, with 23 saves on 28 shots and causing Lindy Ruff to lose whatever hair he has left. Yeah, uh, I believe the Hamburglar is now the McMuffin Man, uh, at least for the night. Again, and I'm very happy that he uh, stoned the Vegas Golden Knights the other night, but I'm also happy that we were able to pump him up pretty hard. Yeah, the goalie position has been a giant hole that Anderson has put some flex tape on. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Um, and Freedom Prospector, he loves he loves Michael Hauser. Hey, I love Michael Hauser too. Um, I just, I mean, unless he really impresses in training camp, and even then, it's gonna be tough to see him on this team next year. You know, I have nothing against Michael Hauser. He is a phenomenal story. Um, you know, guy, guys, uh, seems like a very big team first guy, but I just see him as being a Rochester guy and an emergency, you know, call up if if and when they need him. Um, you know, I just, uh, Okoyuk is how you say his name. I'm pretty sure. Okoyuk. Uh, I was not even close, but, uh, you know, how many games we have left now, Steve? Is it three? Yep. It's three. It's, uh, this Saturday against the Isles. So, uh, young Dewey Crocs will be watching probably oh, yeah. seething mad that, uh, chicken Parmary isn't doing what he does best. Uh, Probably crying at the Olive Garden over some soggy breadsticks. I don't know what, like whatever Dewey does. Eh, I mean, he might just order Olive Garden to go to his house and vape in his room. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, it's that. Uh, and then next Thursday we don't ha- we so we have a game Saturday and then we don't have another game until next Thursday against the Boston Bruins. I believe that's on the road. And then our final game, of course, next Friday night. RJ's last call here in Buffalo. Against the Chicago Blackhawks, Patty Kane comes home, uh, and we uh, tie a ribbon on this season. And yeah, I honestly don't want it to end. Uh, I do want all the boys to like spend the summer on uh, the super yacht with a gym at their disposal. Let uh, let Darlene get them all tree trunk legs. Let Kyle Ocposo teach them how to use their wheels effectively. Yeah, uh, I just want I just want these kids when they got a long summer. I want them just busting their ass in the gym. I want all these dudes to pack on like. 15 pounds of pure fucking muscle. Absolutely. Peyton Krebs, Uh, especially. I'm sorry, buddy, but you're a small dude. You need one of the final comments here before you sign off. Can we make Friday night next week loud for RJ and chant? Thank you, RJ. Absolutely. I think uh, it's absolutely criminal if the fan, if that game isn't sold out and uh, 
you know, we don't treat it the same way we did RJ Knight when we raised his banner to the stands. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I hope that hope that our tough guy cousins punches out Marchand. I think everybody wants uh, to see Brad Marchand get knocked out. You know who doesn't? You know, but you know what? He is the type of player that you hate playing against. And you hate him when he's not on your team, but when he's on your team, you'll defend him tooth and nail because he's just he's a, he's he's a phenom- phenomenal talent. And he gets under everybody's skin. And, you know, yeah. I think it, I, he's a player you love to hate. He, it's a, it's one thing to be that player that plays with that uh, that edge that sometimes just transcends directly into, oh, that was just straight up dirty and completely yeah. uncalled for. But that said, to actually have skill to back it up is what mm-hmm. makes you begrudgingly respect a guy like, like, like that, that. That's why the Matthew Kachucks of the world – as much of a fucking asshole as he can be out on the ice. He also has the capacity to play the game at an elite level. And it, you, you, you can't help but just grit your teeth shaking that guy's hand because, like, you know that he could just outplay you, but he also will take a minute to just knock your head off your shoulders too because he can because yeah. he's that good. So, like, whatever. And that's the difference between a guy like Matthew Kachuk and Brad Marchand and, uh, you know, dudes like Ryan Reeves and, just the dudes that are just big fucking heavies that that just they just don't have that skill set to match. But that said, I've said on multiple occasions that Brad Marchand crying will be projected onto my yep. tombstone, and uh, that will just that will be my tombstone. Yep. Just the gif of Brad Marchand crying on a loop until right. the sun consumes the earth. <laughs> and you can quote me on that. <laughs> All right. Anyways, I'll put a we'll put a wrap, we'll, we'll put a wrap on that. We'll tie a bow to it uh you know let everybody get to bed here uh late this thursday night after a 5-2 sabers victory remember this has been brought to you by outlet liquor the place to buy a case uh don't haste get to outlet liquor uh over on georgia boulevard in buffalo uh you know i am Dwayne. this is producer steve from two goalies one mike signing off after again another big buffalo win three games left in the season. Uh, hopefully we can go on a little six game winning streak here. Thanks to everybody who decided to chime in and leave a comment. Make sure you subscribe to two goalies, one mic on all platforms for your podcasting between Apple podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we appreciate the follow and I'll hang up and listen and three words, everybody let's go Sabres. Hey everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwreckSports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen.
Hey everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jaggin' Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.